step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Come on Love in. Talk oh, Greetings, greetings, greetings. Come on in. It's another powerful edition of Revolutionary. Come on in, come on in. The fire is hot. The water is boiling. Greetings, 
Another powerful edition of Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. Alafia, Peleo, Yuhuruwaku, Jambo, Akwaba, Kedu, Bawani, Alafia, wherever you're listening to me from right now in the world, I greet you humbly. I greet you humbly. I'm truly honored. Eshu Alegwana Kosi Were Awo Unlo Uto Ni Iwo Ada Afan Bo Osi Obatala Mi Ita Ni Ibo Onilio Avan Eshu. Eshu is the respected elder who flogs, confronts, and uncovers fools. That one versed in mysteries uses truth to own you. He causes scatter to feed poverty. Obatala shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu, Aboru, Aboye, Aboshishe, Ashe. May I ever reach a room? May I ever be accepted? May I ever allow what we desire to come to pass? And we all say Ashe, Asheo, and Ashe. Divine, all blessed, peace and love, joy and prosperity, elevation, revelations, and manifestation. You are sitting again live with the Divine Prince. Elagun Oloye, Hudu Obeya Bokor, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African hoodoo, world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, my reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. All is a blessing. It's crucial, crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my being, my walk, my work, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the Divine Prince, make sense out of all that we're challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother, Father, Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding. That place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is. 
Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. It doesn't matter the weather. It doesn't matter the place. It doesn't matter who you think you are. I create and recreate my own reality. And indeed, as a God, as a goddess, we create and recreate our reality with our mouth. With our mouth. And before it comes out your mouth, it's got to be in your head. It's got to be already crystallized in your head. So create and recreate the reality that mirrors your best interest. Create and recreate the reality that's crafted in your image. And if your image got dark spots, shadow spots, you got work to do, beloved. You got work to do. I got so much I want to say today. (laughs) I had a beautiful time, beautiful, powerful time, edifying time working with Michi X on on an upcoming video. I want to share just a little bit about that. She and I agreed that we would do a show together and sort of discuss our experience. But I'm so full right now. I've been changed. You can't be in the presence of that kind of energy and that kind of power and not be changed. So I might walk a little bit different today. I might look a little different today. I might sound just a little bit different today, but the authenticity of who I am and my demonstration remains consistent, remains consistent. I am bringing to you today, as I, as I always do when I'm able to broadcast live, emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally, from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince, Thai Potions, Hoodoo Central, in this legendary, beautiful, enchanted, most enchanted city in America, New Orleans. Louisiana, the land of my ancestors, and those who came before me along this hoodoo obeya life path and journey. Indeed, passing down the great obia stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, rituals, plants, spirits, and minerals. The legacy, the culture, the tradition, and indeed, our sacred stories. Our sacred stories. OurSacredStories.com for your tour plus experience here in the beautiful city of New Orleans. And I'm going to let the beloved Michi, when when she comes on board with us, I'm going to let her describe her experience with the beloved Denise Augustine, with my most powerful (laughs) co-partner. You get made. Indeed, I got made. Uh, it was a powerful experience. I, I, I can't even move forward in my show without releasing some of that energy. If you don't know who Michi X is, you better ask somebody. You better ask somebody. <laughs> you better ask somebody. Remember the creation of sacred space is critical to all that we do, all that we are, who we are, who we say we be at any Point in time space The creation of sacred space And that sacred space Must first dwell With you And in you We wake up each day With our first directive To create sacred space Within ourselves 
We can't say that we are in communion with God. We can't say we are in communion with the spirits. We can't say we're in communion with the ancestors and be living and dwelling and waddling in and recreating filthy space, polluted space, dark space, contaminated space. And it first begins within. It's in your heart. It's in your head. It's at the core of our being. And we get caught up in the illusion of what it looked like. If you came here for a beard, you're in the wrong place. If you came here for lipstick, you're in the wrong place. If you came here for anything about what I have on or don't have on or what might be in the background, other than that which speaks to the authenticity of this demonstration, you're in the wrong space. And I've been edified about my demonstration, about my demonstration. I've been polite. I've been kind. (laughs) I've been patient. I've been still and meditative with some of you, with many of you. And some of you, you know, you send your little private messages and your little DMs and and make your little shady comments, you know, in the post. And and I want to say I'm grateful for you. You are my true fans. (laughs) My haters are my true fans because you're here every day. You're here consistently. You're watching in the background. You're lurking in the shadows and indeed monitoring my demonstration, my demonstration. Many of you know I'm an actor. I'm a model. I'm a cultural performer. All of this might change at any given moment based on what I'm doing, the projects that I'm working on, the film, movie, television show, or documentary that I might be working on. And so if you don't know me, the true me, you haven't been paying attention in this space. You ain't been listening in this space. You've been hiding and lurking and dwelling in this space for the wrong reasons. You all confuse popularity with authenticity, just like you did when you were in church. Your big mega church, your big prosperity church, your your popular church with, with that great singing choir and those high fashions, you all confuse popularity with authenticity. You think because you got 50,000 followers that somehow makes you authentic. And it does not. Where is your footprint in the community? Where is your footprint at the grassroots level? Where are your documentaries? Where are your documentaries that speak to the validity of of your practice, of your practice? And I'm not speaking to you fortune tellers and you tarot card readers because we're not in the same lane. We're not in the same lane. I'm grateful for those of you who come for that pre-service time between 11 a.m. and noon. Many of you know Tasha is often here. I play very edifying videos, sometimes music videos with the voodoo involved in it. But a lot of times, real ceremonies. I want you all to know what real voodoo looks like. And if you're in this space, you have no excuse. If you've been in this space a year, two years, five years, you have no excuse to not know 
with the authentic practice of this tradition look like? So when we see what's going on in Instagram and then compare that to Louisiana, real ceremony, Haiti, real ceremony, Togo, Benin, Ile Ife, real ceremony, you choose now to be confused. You choose now to give into that COINTEL-inspired drive to push you all into witchcraft, to push you all into paganism, to push you all into botanica store practice. You all confuse popularity with authenticity. If you've been paying attention, I don't care how popular I am. I don't care if you like me or not. I care that you respect the tradition. I care that you respect the ancestors. I care that you respect the voodoo. But you confuse popularity with authenticity just like you did in church. The more fine cars, the more fine fashion, the more money passing through, you all equate that with authenticity. You fake witches can kick rocks. You fake witches can kick rocks, door stops, and rabbit holes and keep it pushing. Because I'm not here to feed you. One brother asked me, oh, I, I, I like your show, and it's so in-depth, in and it's too metaphysical, and when are you going to teach some real stuff? Negro, this is the real stuff. What are you talking about? This is the real stuff. You're looking for entertainment. You want entertainment, not knowledge. You want entertainment, not knowledge. You want to be entertained. You want to kiki. You want to have something you can mimic and, and, and then run back into your Twitter feed with. You want entertainment, not knowledge. You want magic, not power. You want magic, not power. You want spell work, which is temporary, not the consistent evolution and growth of real manifestations. Of real demonstration We are not boring We are not the entertainment channel Beloved We're not boring This ain't uh, the cartoon network We aren't boring You're bored You're boring And that comes from within That comes from within A popular question I see in social media is uh, What do you do for fun This is fun This is fun. Voodoo is fun when you're operating in nature, authenticity. And authenticity, there is no voodoo without nature. There is no ifa without nature. There is no orisha without nature. There is no loa without nature. There is no ancestral worship and honor without nature. We're not boring, beloved. This ain't the entertainment channel. (laughs) Plenty of clowns. Plenty of clowns on too many other channels. You can kick rocks, door stops, and rabbit holes. Keep it pushing. I am grateful for the consistency, consistent, consistency of my authentic audience, of my authentic supporters. And often what you all don't see is they doing the work behind the scenes. I could just start pulling some people out of the chat. They're doing the work. You all want spells, not experience. <laughs> you all want spells and rituals and, 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 and BS, 
and not what's consistent. Greetings, cousin. Deshaun Brown. Greetings, beloved. You don't want what's real. Peace and blessings, Neophyte Bokor. Thank you for joining in. I appreciate you. Greetings, greetings, divine self-healing. Greetings, beloved. Welcome, Ujat. Ujo Wujat. Greetings, beloved. Greetings and salutations. I'm grateful for my consistent audience, my consistent participants. Greetings, Matthew Ferguson, my consistent listeners. They know why they're here. Greetings, S. Marie. They know why they're here. They're here for empowerment. They're here for healing. They're here to develop the necessary skills and tools and applications to move away from some of you clowns, to move away from some of you people who, who are dwelling in the temporary spells and BS and witchery and connery that we see going on now in Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you all might be, be lurking about. I'm not in competition with you. Have you paid attention? <laughs> I'm not in competition with you. I'm not in debate with you. Often I don't even correct you because I don't care to correct you. My clients, my godchildren, my initiates, I re- I'll respond to their questions. I respond to their requests. I respond to their inquiries. I respond to their confusion about what they see and you all throwing up and pushing up. And then them seeking an authentic answer to that, an authentic response to that. So I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for my consistent listeners and audience. And also remember, if you don't have your webcam, you can also participate on my Blog Talk radio platform. That phone number is area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. Do press the number one on your telephone keypad when you're ready with your question, comment, or request. And I'll be more than happy to unmute your mic. That show page is blogtalkradio.com. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince. Yes, beloved, Orisha, Eva, Orisha, Mojuba, Orisha. That's one of the people I'll be talking about is doing the work. I've seen the picture. She's doing the work. There are many in this group who are doing the work, and that's why they keep coming back. That's why they're still here with me. Oh, many have come and gone. Many have passed through. Many have perpetrated for, for a minute because you can only perpetrate for a minute. You can only fake something for a minute. It, it, it's crazy to me how we get caught up in these unbalanced, unhealthy, toxic relationships when all we have to do is pay attention my Angelo told you, people will tell you who they are, and you should believe them the first time. The first time. But we're too busy knowing, oh, I got it. I know. I, I'm, I understand. I'm, I'm an independent thinker. I got it down. And while you're saying that, speaking that, spitting that, reannouncing that, you ain't listening. Because you can't talk and hear at the same time. You can't run your mouth and pay attention at the same time. It's just not physiologically possible. So sometimes you have to be quiet. You have to be still. 
and listen to what's being said to you and absorb and watch the demonstration that's being presented to you. So if you're here for fashions, you're in the wrong place. If you're here for how long my beard is, you're in the wrong place. If you're here for what kind of makeup I got on, you're here for the wrong, you're here in the wrong place and you're here for the wrong thing. This is about development, redevelopment of an authentic walk that we, and, and, and forget, give me a moment, my international audience, particularly we here in the U.S., particularly those of us in the U.K. and in the Western uh, dominating cultural uh, environment. This is often a way for us to regain access to what already is in our blood, which is, which is already a part of our, our lineage, which is already a part of our heritage. And we here in the U.S. think we have to go to Jamaica, we have to go to Brazil, we have to go to Cuba, we have to go to uh, Puerto Rico, we have to go to Nigeria, we got to go to Ghana and regain something that is already in us. It's already in us. This foundation of voodoo, this foundation of Ifa, this foundation of Orisha, this foundation of Loa is embedded in ancestors. Our foundation is ancestors. They are the soil for which the seed, which is you and I, have grown up out of. We stand on the shoulders of mighty ancestors. The moment you forget that, the moment you're not operating in that, the moment you lose consciousness of that, you lose half your power. You lose half your power. Is that boring to you? It's not boring to me. My desire to know my ancestors, to research my ancestors, to, to, to keep going into my DNA brings me life, brings me joy, brings me confirmation about who and what I am. My cousin Deshaun, we met because of Ancestry.com. We met because of DNA. And I've met many cousins, first cousins, second cousins, third cousins, through doing my ancestral DNA work that shockingly, shockingly have similar qualities and dynamics to who I am. Oh, they might not be voodoo. They might be not be doing exactly what I do. But that power to speak life into the community, that power to speak creatively into the community, to produce, to be business owners, to be entrepreneurial, to be leaders, to be really good looking, it runs in my bloodline. It runs in the DNA. And I'm, and I'm grateful. I'm truly grateful. You all can also, uh, for those who are active in the chat, can type your questions, comments, and requests into the chat. And we certainly will uh, respond to you um, expeditiously. Agreed is Neophyte Bokua, beloved. How you doing? Greetings, greetings. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. Um, as always, I'm driving to my destination. I'm almost there. About to wrap my day up and go visit my family. Well, that's a blessing. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And I'm always appreciative of your participation in the show. Kwabena Pata, Hotepu, beloved. Hotepu. And greetings, Hotep. greetings from the UK, greetings from London. We certainly do appreciate you. Hill Billion, you at the right place, beloved. Not just here to, to hear me and see me, but you're in the right place in your journey. 
when you can honestly and authentically say, I don't know what I believe in anymore, and remain open to the spirit, because your profile picture say free spirit, you're in the right place in your journey. You're in the right place. Just, just, just continue to be honest. Continue to be authentic. Continue to ask. Ask. Ask the universe. Ask the spirit to prove themselves, to manifest themselves, to demonstrate themselves, and, and you'll continue to make your way to, to where you need to go. You'll continue to make your way on, on your journey. I often say in this audience, uh, as I said just a moment ago, the foundation for us is ancestry. The foundation for us is family. Another way to look at that is family. It's family. What did your mother have you marinating in before you came into this world? What did your dad have within the seed that he passed on to you before you came into this world? And when, and when we understand that from a human perspective, we become a little more empathetic. You have to be, because you, you begin to think, what was mom and dad's childhood like? What was great-grandma and great-grandpa's upbringing like? What was great-great-granddad and great-great-grandma's environment like? Because we all marinate in that energy. And this ain't just voodoo. This ain't just spirituality. This indeed, uh, beloved brother, is quantum metaphysics. And it's science. And science has now proven, has now demonstrated, has now agreed with us that ancestral memory survives in the blood. Survives in the blood. So we all got wickedness at our back. We all get light at our back. We all have blocks that have been passed down that we have to work through in our shadow work. We all have powerful gifts, you know, and talents that are also passed down that we also have to work through and bring forward and, and manifest. Greetings, Chef Bougie, beloved. Welcome. I certainly appreciate you and your lovely wife. Y'all are doing that work. I'm grateful for the ones who are not just listening and, and watching and, and seeking to be entertained by me, but are actually doing the work. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Truly grateful. And the ancestors stand with us in our endeavors. I showed a video right before we came on at noon. Um, well, not right before, but probably between 11.10 and, and 11.20 uh, of two very distinct Haitian voodoo ceremonies. Um, one was to open the way with, with Papa Legba and the other was um, Agwe, a ceremony to, to the spirit and the power that we know as Agwe in voodoo. Uh, and again, during that 11 to noon hour, I often share videos that tend to be a little bit more uh, educational. There are some music videos in there that are still educational. Uh, the video that I'm working on right now with Michi X is, is absolutely going to be educational. It's absolutely going to be empowering and edifying. But we pray that it's also entertaining. We pray that people also like the video and, and that we share and reshare the video and that it becomes uh, viral. But the videos that I show before we come on here at noon are to reinforce what Ifa really looks like, what Ifa Risha really looks like. 
what Ifa voodoo really looks like, what Haitian voodoo really looks like, what Pan-African, trans-African traditions really look like around the world. And I say this a lot in this space. We all have access to the Internet, to this great technology, to this great social media. But how much of that do you use for entertainment, for filling your board space, which is something I've never understood. I'm never bored. Um, How much of that do you use to really explore and find? And this audience is familiar with this topic because we've thrown out words and phrases and and practices within the traditions that um, I've sent you out on a, on a homework assignment to Google and see how much information you can bring back to me. And without the right language, often it's ethnic-based. Is it Fon? Is it Akan? Is it Ewe? Is it Yoruba? Is it Igbo? It's often ethnic-based. And so then you have to redefine your search in order to really pull out even online, some of the mysteries and the practices and traditions that are still authentically operating in our world. Uh, beloved, I'm always here for my, uh, my godchildren and my family that are in prison. Uh, and I'm grateful for you being here. I know what it takes for that to happen uh, because I deal with it every day. I'm grateful for your being here. Uh, and we support you. The whole community supports you um, in, in meeting your needs. Um, so I have many initiates. I have many godchildren who are actively involved in the system right now. Um, and, again, I know what it takes. Some of you don't have quite the, the free access to, to the technology, to the devices. Um, I, I get it. Um, sometimes you have to maneuver to make those things happen. So I understand the value of your being here right now in this moment. Now, I get that you don't have a lot of personal space. For instance, setting up a shrine, setting up an altar. I, I get it. All that can be quite difficult to do. And in my youth, you know, between 14 and, and 30, I spent a lot of time homeless. I spent a lot of time chronically homeless. I spent a lot of time in and out of shelters in and out of programs so, so that I could get housing. Um, so in that, you know, I had contact with people who were dealing with addictions, people who were either coming from being in prison, you know, or, or, or dealing with active uh, legal cases. Um, so I understand the lack of space um, and, and then having that constant monitoring. So the most important thing that you can do is first develop some sense of meditation learning how to just be quiet and breathe and breathe again. And, and, and when you can go off in your, in, in your space that you have available to you where you can be quiet, remember that you are God no matter where you are physically, no matter what state, in all states, you are God. And it first begins in your consciousness. It first begins in your consciousness. Now, a great meditative tool for somebody that's in prison is to create a house, a sacred space here that you can always escape to. And be specific. Every time you go into your meditation, be more specific. What does the house look like? How many rooms does the house have? How is it decorated? How is it set up? 
and, and create an altar room, create an ancestral altar room. First, in, in what we say in, in Yoruba, Ori, your head, your consciousness. There's nothing in the Yoruba language that we can do or that the Orisha can do for you that doesn't first have to get permission from your head, permission from your Ori. So we choose to allow the negative to, to reside there. We choose to allow the positive to reside there. So, so this is first an exercise to sort of open you up to spirit because it's more than just the breathing and being still and being meditative. This will open you up to spirit. So, Brother Hill, you know, your dreams are going to change. Your intuition is going to change. You, what you see and how you respond to what's happening around you will begin to, to evolve. And create an altar there where you acknowledge your ancestors. Uh, contact me by email to the best of your ability, and, and I'll help you with some details of that. Uh, we'll even look at some specific prayers, mantras, incantations that you could use. Uh, in Yoruba, our most basic prayer, chant, mantra is Egu Mopeo, Egu Mopeo, Egu Mopeo. Egu in Yoruba, literally translates to bone, B-O-N-E. Sorry. And then we use bone to symbolize the dead. So when we say egun with an S on it, we're talking about all the dead. When we say egungun, E-G-U-N-G-U-N, we're talking about the masquerade ceremonies that we, we, we have either seen in person or seen by video, because some of you, I realize, have never seen a real ancestral procession. But you're looking at Egun masquerade, the ancestors descending into the suits, descending into the costumes, and possessing uh, uh, the performers, and then making contact uh, with those of us here on Earth to deliver blessings, to deliver messages, to deliver healing, to deliver empowerment. So when we say Egun Mopeo, Egun Mopeo in Yoruba, we're saying ancestors we call you, the dead we call you. And in Yoruba, we go on and we say Egun Mopeo, Egun Mopeo, Egun Mopeo, Famini Alafia, Famini Ire, Famini Iwapele, Madofe, Madofe Pupu, Ashe. And so we're basically saying, you know, thank you for life. Thank you for giving me and restoring balance. I don't know why, but my Google Nest keeps going off. I'm going to have to unplug it. Yeah, so it's, it's our way of connecting with the ancestors. And even in your space, they will descend. They will be present because they're already present in your blood. They're already present in your blood. But when we look up in meditation, in prayer, in ritual, we're pulling down Olo de Mare, which means God in Yoruba. We're, we're recalling on Olofi, which is like the Holy Spirit, God being active in, in, in the spirit realm and delivering to us that what we need, that which we need. And in the case when I'm dealing with someone, a uh, family, friend, that's in prison, that's, that's the strength of what you can do is to call on your ancestors. Now, in some cases, we do then move into Orisha. In the case of Voodoo, Loa, to attend to very specific things, and particularly with dealing with your attorneys, dealing with the court system, dealing with the system itself, 
dealing with the guards, you know, those things that are outside your control. So not only are your ancestors your first line of defense, but indeed your own head, your own head is identified in voodoo, is identified in, in Ifa Orisha as an Orisha, as a power unto itself. Your first God is your, is your own head, is your own head. Now, now, in voodoo, we believe the black woman is God. Someone challenged me that on that the other day and said, we are all God. <laughs> you know, and indeed we are. But you pass through a woman. You pass through the goddess. So, so in voodoo, we believe the black woman is God. And so we, in acknowledging ancestors, are also invoking Iyami, which in, in, in Yoruba is the, the mysterious power of women. Some people call it witchcraft. You've allowed it to pass through that Western Eurocentric dictionary cipher, and some of you have bought into it as, as witchcraft. But when you think of childbirth, that ain't witchcraft. It's magical. It, it looks like some form of magic, you know, but it's divine magic, divine science. So there's a thin line between metaphysics, quantum metaphysics, and voodoo. You can't have voodoo without metaphysics. You can't have Ifa without metaphysics. So I understand some of us don't want to read. Some of us don't want to study. Some of us don't want no mentors, don't acknowledge elders, you know, and you're getting your information off Instagram. Oh, my goodness. I spent a third of my time just correcting information. Well, I saw this and they said that. You know, what's the truth about that? I, I spent a third of my time correcting false information. And as I said earlier in the show, I'm only as concerned with it as it affects my people. I'm not here to force you into voodoo. I'm not here to force you into this tradition. I'm not here to force you off your journey. That's a mistake many of us make. You can't change that man. You can't change that woman. We can only provide fertilizer and, and water and food and the nourishment for, for that seed to grow. But then that seed is on its own. And then the earth and the moon and the sun, you know, and the universe has to do its thing. And we have to be willing to get out of the way. We have to be willing to get out of the way. And some of us are standing in the way of our own development, our own progress. Um, thank you so much again, uh, Hill Billy on. I'm here for you. I'm always here for my incarcerated brothers and sisters. Uh, that's an important aspect to my ministry. I probably don't talk about it enough on air uh, because in some ways it's still controversial. I have to be careful about how I word my letters. I can't, you know, send but certain items to them in prison. You know, I then have to pass through that system in order to have access to this community. Um, technology has provided a way, you know, however tricky that might be, uh, for our imprisoned brothers and sisters to reach out to us. But we have to be careful about how we communicate with them and how we operate with them. We, we don't want to put them in danger or expose their, their position, you know, or, or give the system reasons to then come looking you know, for that device, for that, for that cell phone. So I, I don't talk about it a lot on the show. 
But I work with many, many incarcerated brothers and sisters in terms of accessing ancestors, in terms of accessing voodoo, in terms of accessing their problems. Greetings, um, Guinevere Reed, beloved. Thank you so much for being so present and consistent. The Goddess Initiative, one of my favorite co-hosts is in the room. Come on in, beloved. I appreciate you. Again, Hotep Wu, Hotep Wu, Clarissa Brooks, and to all, Hotep Wu, divine all blessing, blessed peace and love. Greetings, Jody Netta. Oh, wow, I have so many new listeners today. And I'm glad you were able to catch me live. Thank you so much. And remember, all you have to do is follow that link at the bottom of your screen that is uh, scrolling. I'm going to pop it into the chat as well. And you too can turn on your webcam as uh, my co-host, Neophyte Bokur, has done. And you also can uh, participate with us live on the show. You can also call my blog talk radio phone line at area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request blog talk radio, do press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I'll come and open your mic. Also, this show is always in the archive when we're done in my YouTube page, uh, which is YouTube.com uh, forward slash Voodoo Thai, V-O-O-D, like David, O-O-T-Y-E, Voodoo Thai, and you can always catch me in YouTube in archive. It also automatically archives in the um, uh, Blog Talk Radio. And so my Blog Talk Radio page is blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince. And bless you, um, Hill Billion. Bless you, beloved, and your family, because when our brothers and sisters are incarcerated, their families are also incarcerated. Their children are also incarcerated. Their friends are also incarcerated. So we have to be present for them. And I appreciate you. Uh, the Goddess Initiative says she just told her nine-year-old that voodoo and Ifa was metaphysics just two nights ago. Uh, and that helped him to understand uh, much better. That's that synchronicity, beloved Goddess Initiative, where things happen and we talk about things and then, and then spirit ensures that the universe makes that happen demonstrates that, we often call it confirmation of, of what we think we know and what we believe and what we've been taught. Then when you get that confirmation, it's, it's a powerful moment. Um, Hill Billion says, uh, you are being such a great help. Is there any specific time when I can try and connect with ancestors? So far, so many questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to all of your questions, both here on the show as well as uh, by email. You can also email me at divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. And I do communicate with incarcerated persons only in DM, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you are incarcerated, I will respond to you no matter where you are. I understand, brothers and sisters, often they have to hide. They have to hide the device. They can't reveal that they have a device. So they might contact at 1, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, or it might be at any random hour of the day. 
um, my audience knows that I'm a stickler for appointments, but I reach out to those who are actively incarcerated at any hour of the day or night on any platform. So feel free, um, Hill Billion, to continue to ask and ask your questions here, and I will respond to you. But also feel free to contact me um, privately off air. Now, traditionally, it's two things, really three things. It's two things that we acknowledge first thing in the morning, and in a more indigenous natural setting, that's at sunrise. That's at sunrise. So I have my alarm set for 4.30 every morning, whether I actually get up or not. And, and you'll notice that after five days, nine days, your body will automatically respond to that hour. You, you might get up and pee at that hour. So I set my alarm at 4.30. Um, I have a favorite news program here locally that also comes on at 4.30. Again, it's reinforcement of a routine, of a habit. And then I, I get up. You know, well, before I get up, I acknowledge Ori. I acknowledge my head. And I ask, how do you feel? How do you feel? That's my first question. Are you glad to be here? Are you glad to be here? Are the ancestors still in control? I ask myself those questions usually before I open my eyes. It sets your tone. Sometimes you wake up crunchy and you don't know why. Sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and, and you don't know why. It may have been some imprint from what you dreamt that you don't remember. So I take that time naturally. Uh, um, you might be forced to get up at a particular time. They might turn the lights on at a particular time. So program yourself to be maybe 30 minutes ahead of that and allow yourself to wake up. And, and ask those questions, feel your body, uh, allow your ancestral presence to be there. And we do that first in the morning. Then when I get up, I acknowledge my ancestors. I have a huge ancestral room upstairs. I have a, a, another one down on the, on the main floor of temple space. And then I typically go to my back door, which happens to face east, and looks over my garden, and I reach for the sun. That's not just an Islamic thing. In Ifa and Voodoo, we acknowledge the sun as we acknowledge Ori in the light of Ori. And so I do my my Ori prayer, which can be very similar to the Egun prayer. Ori, Mopeo, Ori, Mopeo, Ori, Mopeo. My head, I call you. My head, I call you. My first God, I call you. Ori, Mopeo. And then we ask that it give us life, that it give us strength, that it give us what we need, that it give us great health, that it give us balanced character, that it give us prosperity. And then we start our day. So if you can sort of program yourself to be maybe an hour or 30 minutes ahead of some official wake-up time, that would be great. Now, the second response to timing is any time. Any time is a good time to acknowledge your ancestors, especially when you're under duress, especially when you're in a battle, especially when there might be some kind of issue that we're confronting. Any time is a good time to invoke ancestors, to call ancestors. And something else that you can do um, in prison is pour libation. I'm sure you have access to water 
you know, you have access to maybe to a cup, you know, and you can pour libation. You know, and it don't have to be a whole lot. Just, you know, pour a little water on the ground, you know, and, and acknowledge your ancestors. If you are available to the yard, to the outside space, and you have water, you know, pour a little water on the ground. Another sort of um, hidden way to do that, uh, maybe you don't have a cup, but you, but you got a water fountain, you know, and it's outside. And you drink a little water, and then you spray or you pour a little water on the ground as you acknowledge your ancestors. And if you can, call out who you know. Call out who you remember. Even if you didn't have a relationship with them, but if you know their name, call out their name. But also in doing so, remember to always acknowledge ancestors, both known and unknown. Both known and unknown. We all have ancestors that we don't know, that we don't remember, that lived before us, that lived before your grandmama, you know, and their power still lives within you. Uh, their uh, uh, imperfections still live within us, you know, and it's our job in this present moment in time space to bring balance uh, both to ourselves but but also to those ancestral spirits. Uh, let me see. Let me check my phone line and let me check my questions. I'm grateful, um, Clarissa Brooks, uh, for the offering. I'm truly honored. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, area code 845-277-9143. If you have a question, comment, or request, don't be scared. Come on in. I appreciate you. Greetings, um, Ashira X. Greetings, beloved. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being present. Carnicia Thomas, welcome, beloved. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I would love to know how you all are finding me. <laughs> I would love to know how you found me, found out about me, and, and what brought you here today. I would appreciate that. Um, I'm curious, is it Michi X? Is it something else that I'm doing or saying? Is, is it a footprint that I'm leaving somewhere? I'm always curious, and particularly my international audience. I'm always both shocked and amazed at the map for Blog Talk Radio and who is listening and from where they're listening and participating uh, in the show. All the places that we already know, you know, Canada, the U.S., um, Mexico, uh, Russia, China, but Sweden, uh, Finland, Norway, I'm always shocked, really. Uh, And not that I don't feel, you know, we're worthy of your presence. Indeed, I, I, I intend to feed real food here. A real nourishment here, but I'm just amazed in, in, in lands where I don't speak your language, but you speak ours, in lands where I can't, you know, speak the fine fluently, but you speak enough English, you know, to to want to listen and participate. I'm always grateful and humbled by that. So my phone line, toll free, internationally, area code 845-277-9143. You can also use your Skype and call in. I greatly appreciate it. And I appreciate you, the God of Initiative. Thank you so much. Orisha says early morning prayer is her favorite. That early morning prayer has its vibe. It does. And, and, and we say prayer because that's a, a word we're all familiar with. But my sister Wapani takes a walk. You know, and, and I've told you, she lives in a state 
um, full of mountains and historic, you know, regions. Um, she lives in Missouri. Uh, so you got the Ozarks and you got the high ground and the low ground and the deep country and, 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 the, and the flowing rivers and the flowing brooks. And she knows how to find them all. And uh, she doesn't repeat a trail for you women who are concerned about uh, security. She takes a different trail every day. So no one is monitoring her pattern or, or where she is. And, of course, she's always armed, you know, and, and conscious. But, but get out there and walk or bike ride. I love to ride a bike and, and connect with spirit. Uh, Denver, Colorado. Colorado has some of the most beautiful bike trails in America. Chicago, on that riverfront, has one of the most beautiful uh, bike trails in America. And, and, and gives you that feel of being at the water, being in the country, being in the rural area, being in nature, and, and then calling on and acknowledging the power of, of spirit. Um, I'm truly honored. Um, no, um, Hill, Billion, there's nothing to apologize for. Ask, ask your questions. I respect people who ask questions. I, I don't respect people who assume I don't respect people who think, okay, I read it in the book, I got it. <laughs> you know, I'm always very open um, to questions. So, yes, I'm here for you. He says, bless you for addressing my questions. It means more than I can, I can imagine. And I can imagine. And, and he has to charge his battery. So thank you. Thank you for being present. And when you can, come on back. If you can't, email me or hook up with me on Instagram or Twitter. And I'll be more than happy to respond to you. Uh, Craig Burns, that's a really good question. Uh, And it's a question that I'm surprised in the years I've been doing this platform, no one has ever asked. And that's a major issue in Ifa Orisha, more so than in voodoo. Uh, In voodoo, West African voodoo, Haitian voodoo, Dominican voodoo, Brazilian voodoo, Louisiana voodoo, men don't have that issue of crowning female spirits, of mounting female spirits, of being the horse of, being rode by female spirits. That primarily exists as an issue in the UK and in the US. And to some degree, even Cuba, you know, we, we have this this brazen uh, uh, masculinity and, and, and machismo. And I can't tell you how many Lukumi priests come to me, Orisha priests come to me about that very thing. How do I, as a heterosexual individual, uh, assist male, to use new language, uh, CIS, assist male, how do I then allow female power, female spirits, uh, to possess me, to ride. And it, it, it all starts with the head. It all starts with the head and how you view yourself and your humanity. We are all a product of both mother and father. It is Western culture that says you have to, you have to and you must emulate dad exclusively. You must emulate mom exclusively. That's a Western cultural notion. Uh, when I think about language in, in traditional Africa, they don't have pronouns he and she. Nana can be a man. Nana can be a woman. It's your demonstration 
that determines, you know, who you are. And in most places outside of, of our world exists five genders. It exists five genders. It's only in the heavily Islamicized, heavily uh, um, Christianized regions of our world where we have that, that hang-up, that issue, that block. And, and now we use language like toxic masculinity, uh, where, where we assume that men are unable to connect to their mother's energy, empathy. And particularly when you have a baby, I know there's men in the room with children. I think Neophyte Bokor has a child. You know, having a baby, a newborn baby, brings out your mother's energy in you as a man. And you remember in that moment how to be nurturing, how to, how to hold the child without crushing the child, how to be gentle. It's amazing to me a man can't shake your hand without crushing my fingers because they got that whole macho thing, you know, going on. But you can hold that baby, that newborn baby, and not crush the head and not allow the neck to, you know, fall back, you know, and, and, and invoke your mother's energy. Um, you also have to be open to spirit authentically. And someone who's open to spirit authentically and then is being possessed by, is being mounted by, you can't control that, Orisha. You can't control that, Loa. And so one of the things that gave me power and helped me to sort of grow to the position that I have right now in the voodoo world internationally is that very thing. My ability to to wear a beard or not wear a beard. My ability to wear eyeliner and lipstick or not. And and let me educate y'all. In Haiti, male priests wear makeup. In Togo, Benin, Nigeria, Ghana, Male voodoo priests wear makeup. Many of you are familiar with the, the smiling tribe uh, in West Africa. Um, who are the, uh, is it the Fulani that has the great uh, ceremonies where the men compete to be prettiest and, and the woman chooses the prettiest man and they paint their face much more elaborately than this? Uh, somebody help me. Neophyte Bokor, you know what ethnic group I'm talking about. Is that, is that the Fulani um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yes, it's the Fulani men um, put on makeup in order to attract men. It's, I'm not men, I'm sorry, uh, women. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if you look at your silverback gorilla, it is the, the most gentle of the male gorillas that are the most masculine. The ones that are more nurturing are the ones that are more attractive to the female. So that's in nature itself, too. Thank you, Coldest216. I, I really like hearing that. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for finding me here and finding New Orleans voodoo. Yes, yeah, so um, th- that's an issue, Craig Burns, with westernized men who can't tap into their, their emotions, who may not necessarily be able to tap into their feelings, who may not necessarily uh, be able to tap into their own innate gentleness their own innate ability to nurture, their own innate ability to care. And, and, and the most powerful word, which is often so overused, is love, is our ability to love. So it's, it's real weird to me um, when I'm in the presence of sort of that toxic masculinity 
you know, and, and, and I'm in that environment, uh, particularly when I have hair on my face. And then I'm subject to many of the stereotypes of, of, of what people associate hair with, beards with, dreadlocks with. I remember having dreads, long dreads. Many of you know now down to my ass. And when I cut my dreads, some of you acted differently. Some of you associate the look with authenticity. Some of you associate popularity and what's trending and what's fashionable with authenticity. And so that's why between 11 and noon, I run those videos of authentic voodoo practice around the world and what it looks like, what possession looks like, what a ceremony looks like. Many of you are offering ceremonies and rituals and it ain't nobody but you. That's not real. You cannot operate in this in isolation. You can't operate in this alone. You must have a community. You must have other ashe, other energy to draw from, elastic, to pull from. And so my power is only empowered by your power. Even the magical book says where two or more are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst of them. So where two or more are gathered in the name of the ancestors, where two or more are gathered in the name of spirit, everybody's energy is heightened. Everyone's energy is empowered. And so then you get real ceremony happening, uh, almost like an old sanctified church in the basement somewhere, in the storefront somewhere. Power really moves through those um, Uh, okay, that, that's good, Craig Burns. Yeah, call on your mother. Call on your grandmother. Call on your great-grandmother. A- ask them for wisdom. Ask them for guidance. Ask them for understanding. But when you find a good storefront church without all the pretense of, of $70,000 cars and half a million dollar homes and fashions, you often see that spirit move through there that ability to heal and to cast out devils and, and, to, and to, to manifest true power. Uh, we get caught up in what it looked like and how it's dressed up, you know, and the Internet also allows us to hide. Some of you ain't never had a real profile picture. Some of you ain't never had no real pictures of yourself involved in these traditions at the community level ever, ever. And I don't care you got 50,000 followers. I don't care. Popularity don't speak to authenticity. Popularity don't speak to reach. And, and, and in my last watch, my last check, they're not making no documentaries of no Instagram practitioners. They're not making no documentaries about no Instagram, voodoo, obia, vocals. It might be a movie one day coming, <laughs> you know. It, it might be some fictional fantasy Hollywood, you know, horror movie coming where they might highlight you Instagram social media practitioners but that ain't real archaeologists anthropologists are not documenting your work I'm being documented as we speak I was documented 20 years ago before I I started this show before I came on uh, uh, Block Talk Radio 12 years ago I was already documented so what I bring to this space is what's authentic to what I do every day that's why I allow y'all into my house. This ain't fake. This not a background. City shadow on the wall. That's that's not a filter. This is me living the practice, living the culture, living the tradition, 
each and every moment of my being in existence. Some of you have to shape shift on Sunday morning and, and, and look church. I, I understand some of y'all got to shape shift for mama, you know, and, and pretend. I'm grateful I don't have to pretend for my mama. I'm grateful my mama be in this audience sometimes, be in this chat sometimes. I'm grateful that my mom loves me and accepts me just as I am. Just as I am and allows me to to be as voodoo as I want to be. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, my mom didn't have an understanding of what this was, like many of you. And she bought into it's wicked. She bought into it's evil. She accepted when she didn't know any better that it was witchcraft. This ain't witchcraft. Voodoo ain't witchcraft. Voodoo ain't magic. Voodoo is nature. Voodoo is nature. Voodoo is quantum metaphysical. Voodoo is metaphysical, beloved brother. <laughs> yes, voodoo is, is that. Voodoo is science. Voodoo is science. Our 256 old dudes run your computer. This quartz crystal maintains the memory in your computer. Voodoo is science. Voodoo is mathematics. Voodoo is astrology, cosmic astrology, because we get trapped into those 12 signs, and there's so much more going on in the universe, so much more that's driving how we fly through space and time. And as um, Micra, please forgive me because I'm not familiar with your name. I hope I'm pronouncing it. Micra Vinity says, we all have masculine and feminine Masculine and feminine within us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're half X and you're half Y. You get a certain number of chromosomes from your mama. You get a certain number of chromosomes from your daddy. And they all exist within us. The idea that I got to be a woman to cook, that you got to be a woman to clean, is so offensive and outdated to me. The idea that her role is limited to the kitchen and the bedroom is offensive and outdated. The idea that the man always has to pay for everything and, and hold up the house and it's outdated. And so you do what you do to the best of your ability and you push that to the forefront, particularly when we're talking about parenting, about managing a family, about raising children. Those old outdated ideas are very, very damaging. And play into so many ugly things that we're still dealing with today, like racism, like sexism, like like a fear and, and the demonization of, of trans people and, and the LGBT community. You know, it, it's all for me a playback of, of a time and place we've already been and that we claim to be moving through. I like decolonized minds. Decolonize your mind. Decolonize your mind. Make sure you remove the racism, sexism, homophobia from you. From you. It's real easy for us to point outside of us. The society, the people, this is a trick, this is a program. Make sure it ain't coming from you. Make sure you aren't carrying the seeds of what's outdated and past within you. Because you then wither and die. Everyone has their season. Everything has its season. And so, too, these outdated ideas and beliefs have had their season. Those coming behind us, if you haven't paid attention, they're not having any of it. 
These young folks are not having any of it. They're not playing by those rules anymore. They don't want to hear those rules anymore. They're not filling your churches anymore. They aren't filling your synagogues anymore. They aren't filling your mosques blindly anymore. And they're on a search. Queen Quet and I of the Gullah Geechee Nation talk about this a lot, chat about this a lot, post about this a lot. We understand you are in the middle. We understand that you're in the middle of where you were and where you're trying to get to. But make, make sure you don't lose sight of your destination. And, and like my beloved who said he's not sure what he believes in anymore, that's a healthy place to be. Own that. Be authentic to that. Be honest about that. We're too quick to say, oh, I know I got it. Oh, yeah, I read that. I know it. Oh, it was passed down in my family, but nobody ever talked about it, and I got it. it, it that's not real. That's not real. And, and, and it's not just that I have some age and experience. Anyone who's walking authentically in these traditions can see right through you. We don't care what filters you put up. We don't care what popular posts you put up. We can see right through you. We can see right through you. And, 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 and just a quick reference, just a quick reference, I love you, Michi X. <laughs> I love you, Michi X. And, and whoever that character is, I don't know him from a can of paint. Never met the guy. Have no no idea who that guy is. Have no idea what he's talking about or the sister that he's referencing. Just seeking attention. You know, just, just seeking attention. Just seeking to ride you for energy. Ride me for energy, which is why I didn't respond. I responded to meet you, but I didn't respond to the, to the negative comment or. <laughs> so all is a blessing on that. And that's all I'm going to say about, about that publicly and in this space. <clears throat> Akwabina Patah, the ancestors guided me to your videos when I had a specific question. Thank you, and I answered it. Synchronicity brought me here today. Thank you. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to know how the new listeners, the new participants uh, find me, why they find me, how they get to this space. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Jennifer Anderson, this is the best class. Always honored to be in the presence of such knowledge. Greetings and blessings to everyone. And we love you, Jennifer Anderson. We really do. She's a consistent and regular participant, uh, just as the Goddess Initiative is, is often a, a participant and the co-host, been here since the beginning. Yes, she also says ancient Egyptian men also wore makeup. And when you understand the history of makeup, uh, that arena belongs to You Get Made, Monique. <laughs> when you understand You Get Made, Instagram, You Get Made, um, Twitter, You Get Made, the letter U, Get, G-E-T, Made, M-A-D-E. Professional makeup artist, she's bigger than a makeup artist. I asked her last night, what could I call her that, that was bigger than a makeup artist? She like a one-woman crew unto herself. But she also talks about and, and teaches on the history of makeup. And so when you study and understand the history of makeup in Africa, in ancient Egypt, it has to do with magic. It has to do with ritual. It has to do with the realm of the spirit. It was Western culture that eventually turned it into a vanity thing, something to cover up, you know, the blemish or something to make you look you know, fashionably a certain way. But, but historically, 
makeup was all about magic and protection. Eyeliner was about defense from the evil eye and about accenting the power of your eye. Come on in, um, Neophyte Bokor. Thank you, Jody Netta. See if I can get this value. Uh, there's also a time where, uh, in the Victorian age, where makeup tended to take a, a strange kind of twist, where it was responsible for a lot of the diseases. People had a misunderstanding of how to use the different makeup chemicals, the different uh, essential oils, and things of that nature. Uh, they really kind of messed themselves up, not understanding uh, the science behind makeup. Volume and some of the chemicals that are being used compact for friends. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely, beloved. Thank you for that. Um, Craig Burns, keep your dreads, beloved. Let your dreads do what they do. <laughs> you know, pray for them, walk, keep them clean. Let your dreads do what you do, what they do. It was time for me to cut my dreads. Um, I wanted to do underground. I wanted to do roots of television. Underground was was about Harriet Tubman and the uh, making seven and, and their escape for freedom. And in order to do those productions, I needed to cut my dreads. It was also time for me, for me to cut my dreads. And when we look at the cultural um, footprint of that, the Maasai tribe in East Africa, for instance, all those young warriors cut their dreads at 35. It's a sign of eldership. It's a sign of maturity. They associate the dreads with the young warrior, the fierce warrior, the fierce lion. Uh, but when, when those men reach 35, they shave their mothers, shave those dreads off. And it's a sign of them stepping into maturity and stepping into eldership. Uh, those Maasai warriors, if I'm not mistaken, are also not allowed to marry until they're 35, uh, if I'm not mistaken. The, the age of, of maturity is 35. Um, Kwabina Patah, thank you so much for asking. Uh, I would like to ask, at what age were you when you discovered you had spiritual gifts, or have you always known? And what were your earliest memories or feelings? You were somehow different from others. Um yeah, to some degree, I'm going to say right away, uh, even the parts of my life that I, I'm not fully cognizant of, like age one, age two, maybe age three, and I can look at the photographs and me and my mother together say, yeah, we can see it in the photograph. Um, me being different, me being creative and artistic, uh, me being of, of, of one of the five genders, a uh, they and them identifying individual, non-gender binary, defining um, non-binary, gender defining individual. You could see all of that in my earliest photograph. One, two, age three. My grandmother, my mother's mother sewed um, and was a hairdresser. Um, so I was quite flashy and distinctive and Put together, you know, uh, as a young child, uh, my grandmother dressed me probably until I was four, um, bought most of my clothes. And, and so I was quite fashionable. I had the stair sucker suits and, and all the latest, you know, and, and, and but you could see both my spiritual gifts and my creative gifts 
and even a great deal of my personality coming through. Um, I can remember manifesting gifts as early as age five, age six, age seven. So at that age, Wapani would have been, my baby sister would have been age three, age four, age five. And then I would have been age five, age six, age seven, right right around in there. And, and we both knew that we had a spiritual gift. Uh, we could sit in a room. I could be in one chair. She could be in another. And we used to like to listen to music and sort of rock ourselves into this trance-like state. And now today, say if a child rocks like that too much, you know, it's a sign of mental health. It's a sign of retardation. And that might be true depending on the child, but that was never true for us. Uh, it was years later that I was educated that I had all Asperger syndrome. Asperger syndrome is an adult form of, of autism. Um, so there may be some connection there between the rocking and rhythm, you know, and connecting with spirit, but also balancing my energy inwardly, inwardly. And so we could both do that and listen to, you know, the full, the full album of um, Denise Williams or, or the full album of Parliament Funkadelic. You know, uh, uh, Martha Wash, and, and I mean, we listened to everything back then. Um, Nancy Wilson, you know, and we would go into a trance-like state, and we could consciously travel, and often to the other side of the world. So we would often end up in Asia, China, Japan, and so even at that age, I knew, and to some degree, my family knew that I was different. Um, and manifesting uh, skills and gifts. Another way of looking at what were my earliest feelings of somehow being different was once I was forced out into the world. I was absolutely treated differently by the teachers, by the other students in the class, um, and, and even by society. And that still, to some degree, carries even into my adult life, even until today. Um, I'm less aware of it. I'm much more settled in, in who I am. Uh, but there are moments when I'm very cognizant of how people respond to me from the outside. Uh, look at just the surface. You know, don't ask questions. Make assumptions. Assume what it is, you know. So I've always had that feeling of being different. Set aside. I got expelled from kindergarten for being different. I mean, who does that? You know, I wasn't violent. You know, I, I didn't attack anybody, but yet I got expelled, kicked out of kindergarten for, for being too different. Oh, he's not ready to be around other kids. He's not ready to be around people. He's not socialized the way we need him to be socialized. And I, and I was very socialized. Um, you know, coming up in a middle class, upper middle class family in the DMV, um, having family in both St. Louis, Chicago, Detroit, uh, Mississippi, Cleveland, Columbus. We traveled a great deal. Um, saw every state in the union except Hawaii. Uh, yeah, I was very different in kindergarten. I was very different for a five-year-old, six-year-old child. Uh, my playground was the Smithsonian. Uh, I don't know if the Smithsonian is free today, but it was certainly free in the 70s and going into the 80s. And so that was my playground was the National History Museum. 
the Air and Space Museum, the Art Museum, uh, the Getty Museum. You know, the, those were my playgrounds. And I knew and still know those places very well, um, how they're shaped, what exhibits should be where, you know, what regions of the world are on display where. Uh, and, and it was also a playground for imagination and for my skills and, and for my, my gifts. Um, sometimes I would, you know, predetermine, you know, license tag, predetermine whether it's going to be a male or a female that's going to turn that corner, a predetermined race sometimes without seeing, you know, a, a person's face, you know, among the crowd of people that would be visiting, you know, these, these landmark museums. And destination. Rock Creek Park was one of my favorite places to go and hang out in the in the DMV. So I, I was different. And, and some of you need to embrace that you're different. You, you're always going to be different. That's never going to change. It is how you step into it, how you develop it, how you embrace it, how you love it that makes a difference about that energy. And let's be clear, it might not affect, you know, outside the way you might think, but there's definitely people watching. There's definitely people paying attention. There are definitely people who are hanging on every word that I say, that you say, and how we demonstrate that energy, how we demonstrate that energy and challenge how we demonstrate that energy when we're in trouble, how we demonstrate that energy when we might be sad or disappointed or angry. Everybody's watching. And now we got this internet. Everybody's watching. I watch you all's emotional posts. I do. I watch you all's angry posts, you all's clapback posts. I pay close attention, more attention than people think I might be paying. And particularly, Specifically, not particularly, specifically for you readers, you healers, you practitioners, you witches, I watch your energy very closely. And it's in those moments when you're in your flesh, when you're being carnal, when you're being worldly, when you're being petty, that who you are spiritually truly stands up. Who you are truly stands up when you're under pressure, when you're under duress when you think you're not being watched, when you think you're in your free space to say or do or be, because even when I'm angry, I'm still who I am. I'm still who I am. And that separates a person who gets angry and loses control versus somebody like me who, when I'm angry, I'm very controlled and probably at my most dangerous. (laughs) Because when I'm angry, I'm quiet, I'm meditative. I'm thinking, I'm processing, I'm turning over ideas. I, I don't lose control when I'm emotional. I don't, I'm in most control when I'm emotional, most control when I'm emotional. It's when I'm free form and having a great, that's when I'm not necessarily watching every word that I say or do. So, yes, um, Jody Netta the law of gender has been manipulated in this physical world, especially its masculine and feminine. Absolutely. And, and I hear you say physical world, but particularly in the Western world, we don't quite see that as much in um, Africa, Asia, Indonesia, India, 
uh, even South America, Central America, to the same degree. Now, now it shows up in the religious community. I said that earlier on in the show, where you find Catholicism, Christianity, Islam, Judaism. Yeah, you're going to find that, that hardcore manipulation of gender. But in the more indigenous cultures, more indigenous environments, more indigenous spaces, in the rural areas, in the bush, as they say in West Africa, um, that doesn't hold true quite as much. And you find women with more than one husband. You find women, women with uh, traditionally masculine titles and masculine roles and masculine positions. You find men in traditional female roles and female positions. Even among the Maasai, if you play closest to the Maasai and also the, the uh, ethnic group in Mali, the Fulani, uh, watch their photographs, watch their pictures, watch their documentaries very closely, and particularly the warrior. And you often see a younger, sometimes a little bit more effeminate, male figure that they're partnered with, close to. And so it's only in the Western culture that we have this hardcore need to manipulate masculinity and and femininity. Um, One of my pet peeves is Mr. and Sir. I'd much rather you call me ma'am than Mr. and Sir. I'm less offended. Um, Mr. and Sir, it just sounds so white and so Eurocentric and so governmental and so oppressive to me. And I'm not confined by that. And I, and I get it. When I have, you know, four inches of gray hair and, and beard, you know, it, it's real programmed in Mr. and Sir, Mr. and Sir. And, and I say that's not me. I'm them and they. And we, and we prevent our excuses. You know, I, I was taught that. I was raised a certain way. And, yeah, we were all raised a certain way. We were all also raised in white supremacy and racism. Yet we actively struggle to move out of that lane. At least some of us are, each and every day. The Goddess Initiative says that uh, the young people are seriously not having it, and I love it. Something as simple as my 24-year-old graduated college two years ago and has never worked in an office. Listen, I I love that, and I appreciate the power of that. Um, It took me some years before I realized that the workforce was not for me. Again, I'm never going to be, quote, unquote, normal in that way and and punch a clock and work a schedule and have a supervisor and have somebody tell me exactly what time I need to be at work every day, which spills over into your private life. So you got to set your alarm whether you want to or not. You got to end your evening events whether you want to or not. You got to get up and be present and, and, and be, and some of you wear a uniform or look a certain way. Have them tell you how you can wear your hair. Have them tell you you have to wear a noose around your neck, a tie. You know, um, I, it took me some years before I figured out okay, not only is this not working, but it's not working because it's not, it's not unapologetically authentic to who I am. And so when I got unapologetically authentic, I let my hair dread. I, I, I had five piercings in my ear. I, I, I graduated to plugging my ears. 
I wore my my bangles and my silver and my copper and, and my and my quartz when I got unapologetically authentic about who I was and what I believed. How many of you still fill out that application religion and put Christian there? Not me. Catholic, not me. Rasta, not me. Voodoo, ATR, and, and if necessary parentheses, traditional African-based religious system, indigenous world religious system. But many of you aren't doing that. Many of you are using names on, on the Internet that ain't your name on your driver license, that ain't your name on your birth certificate, that ain't your name on any legal document stating that you have legally stepped into that identity. And so you show up like shapeshifters to me. To me, and some of y'all have a different username for every platform. Some of y'all, I've talked about this last week, and some people got really upset, uh, are, are, are gaining sort of this, this popularity in Instagram because you got 20 different profiles in 20 different names to make it look like you got a crew, and, and then you like all of your own stuff. You reshare all of your own stuff. Two people in particular got really upset when I leaked that truth last week because many of y'all don't know that. That's how they got 50,000 followers, 60,000 followers. 30 of them profiles is all them. And then that feeds sort of an algorithm. It looks like you are gaining momentum that's not authentic. That's not real. Authenticity is true to everything that we are. What we eat, don't tell me you know witch, you know practitioner, you know magi, you know healer, and you eating bullshit. Don't tell me that. You can't eat the dead carcasses of animals, suck the pus mucus of cows and chickens, digest artificial this, synthesize that, unnatural whatever, and tell me you operating in magic. I ain't hearing it. I ain't hearing it, and I'm not believing you. You are what you eat. And the height of your ashe, the height of your energy, the reach of your spiritual power has everything to do with how you eat, how much water you're drinking, how you're living. There's no such thing as I I live one way in private and something else out in the open. And many of you think that, you know, we can't see that. Oh, well, you don't know me. Remember Jerry Springer? That's the first thing they would say. You don't know me. Y'all don't know me. I don't have to know you. It's seeping out of your pores. It's showing up in your demonstration. I don't have to know you. And in some cases, I can smell you. People who eat a lot of meat, people who eat a lot of pork, people who eat a lot of chicken, you have a certain smell. And vegans will tell you that. Some animals respond to that. Yeah, they stiffen you because you smell like meat. You smell like chicken. You smell like beef pork. And, you know, <laughs> you smell like goat. <laughs> you, know, you know, so we are what we eat. Absolutely. And, and, and the smell that you leave, uh-huh, in, in the restroom, I don't want to be too graphic, has everything to do with your state of health. As a vegan, as a vegetarian, as someone who eats cleanly, routinely, consistently, 
for some years. That smell ain't natural. That flatulence and gas is not natural. It has everything to do with the, the bullshit that we are being fed, the fake food that we are being fed. And so those smells aren't, aren't natural. And, and, and you can't tell me, not me, that you're a witch, that you're a practitioner, that you're a Risha priest, that you're an E5 priest, you know, and, and your health is just completely, no. Mm-mm. You're a healer, but you 200 pounds overweight, no. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying Listen, y'all, I told y'all, I've been, I've been, whew, I've been blessed. <laughs> I've been blessed. You know, I've been touched by, by the Michi X. This going to change. What I say or don't say on this show is, is, is in a process of evolution. I don't care. I'm not here for popularity. Y'all confuse popularity with authenticity. I'm not here for you to like me. If you like me and you love me, I love you too, and all this is a blessing, but that's not why I'm here. I'm not here because I don't have a life. I'm not here because I don't have friends. I'm not here because I don't have a community. I'm not here because I don't have clients waiting on me at my door. That's not why I'm here. It would be so easy for me to do that other than this. And and some of y'all would like to see me do that other than this. But I'm here for those who are here for me. I'm here for those who are here for this word, this knowledge, this information, this truth. Greens, Matthew, yo, what's up, G? Whatever. (laughs) I'm looking at your profile picture and, and whatever. Um, whatever. Greetings, fitness fun girl. Come on in, y'all. Please bring your questions, your comments, your requests. The phone lines are open at 845-277-9143. I appreciate you all listening in. I'm not going to start calling out area codes, but I could. But I appreciate you all listening in from all over the world. Just remember to press the number one on your telephone keypad. And that will help me to see that your hand is raised. And then I'll open your mic and bring you into the conversation. You can also join us on screen um, as Neil Fight Bokur, one of my favorite co-hosts does. Um, and, and I would like to see a woman, you know, a little bit more consistency. This ain't a male-driven show. You know, I, I'd like to see more women turn on that webcam and, and co-host with us. Share your story, share your truth, share your power. Offer us your iyami. Uh Guinevere Reed says, I agree, I have cut my locks for spiritual reasons. To align with my need to make a sacrifice. When I gave birth three times, when my son went to the military, and when I needed to change to level up. Yes, ma'am. I, too, cut my dreads three times. Uh, the first time I probably had I don't know, seven or eight years growth. And, and, and it wasn't coming out the way I wanted to, you know, in terms of what it looked like. And, of course, that's the wrong motivation with dreads, what it looked like, because it's cute. You know, I got to have my roots twisted every week. You know, that's nice. And, and some of you look real good and real professional and, and probably work in a professional environment, but, but that's not Nazi dread. That's not Bobo dread. That's not natural dread. And I had a lot of trauma still locked up in my hair. Samson had a lot of energy in his hair. And so I had to cut my dreads, and then I grew them back. 
And, and this time I prayed for him. A sister told me, just pray for him. Let God handle your hair. And it grew back so pretty and so nice, you know. Um, but then I had some, some run-ins with the law. I have no kind of record. I have run-ins with the law, just like you all. You know, conflict with the police on the street in, in Los Angeles. Problems with the police at a public library in, in, in Denver, Colorado. Um, and so, again, I cut my, my dreads again uh, because I was now transforming out of being ATR, being traditional African-based, but still trying to appease my mama, my family, religion, Christianity, uh, to include Rastas and all of their rules and protocols and, and, and nonsense. So I, I cut my hair again. And, and that last time is when I let my hair really grow. I mean, it grew. I said, Lord, if my hair, if you give me my hair back, I, I won't cut it again. And I mean, it grew and it grew and it grew. Beautiful, beautiful dress, but but heavy, um, dominant. Uh, and when Hollywood South came, which came as a result of Hurricane Katrina, uh, things began to change for me. Many of you would not know who I am if it weren't for Hurricane Katrina. Many of you wouldn't be here if it weren't for Hurricane Katrina. I didn't have a, a computer of my own until Hurricane Katrina. Um, and so a whole new journey of ministry out in the open began for me. So when the opportunity came to do documentaries, particularly slave-oriented documentaries, I was in conflict maybe three years with that before I actually cut my hair. Uh, and I wanted desperately to be a part of uh, Roots for Television and Underground for Television. And many of you remember my, my uh, initiate and my roommate and my wild man, Joshua Nolan Tanner, also showed up in Underground and uh, Roots. So it was worth it. It was worth it. For those of you who are mourning my hair, peace, peace be still. Obatala got my hair. Oh, okay, if you need hair, I can I can go get it, <laughs> you know, and put it on if, if if you came here for hair. I can grow a beard out in in a week if you came here for hair. Uh, but yes, beloved, thank you for confirming that, uh, Guinevere. Spirit will have you change how you look on the outside. It, it, it mirrors who you are on on the inside. And just being able to buy every elaki in the shop and put them on your neck does not make you authentic to these traditions. And I'm seeing a lot of that here lately. At first it was women. Now I'm seeing a bombardment of men in Instagram. And the pages, the pictures look so staged and so fashion-oriented, but they all got on 30, 40 alakis on their neck, you know, as if they've authentically initiated in the tradition, as if they authentically have any kind of real relationship with the Orisha. And just like um, polygamy in the indigenous world, you can't have more husbands or more wives than you can afford. It's the same thing with Orisha. <laughs> okay, and if you haven't gone through authentic marriage with Orisha, you have no business wearing those alekis on your neck. They just be. <laughs> Well, it, uh, it gave me the idea that you had something to say. So come on in. Uh, 
comments um i'm scrolling through the comments some of them i I didn't read right out uh but i appreciate you um uh, guinevere confirmed that the same thing happened with her son being expelled because of unique spirituality and and connections to god's gift um jody netta also loves the smithsonian and all the libraries um yeah it's an experience if you haven't been to dc and really gone through those museums uh, it's an experience, and you might even be shocked as, as to what's being archived and kept there. Uh, one of my favorite rooms in the uh, Natural Museum is that room with all the jarred animals. They're in the formaldehyde, and, and they've got almost every species, and it's a whole room. And then they've got skulls, you know, from humans and Neanderthals and Dravidians and it's a whole room of just skulls. I, I like those aspects of the museum. Uh, and, and there's that sacredness that we know that they don't necessarily cover, but we do when dealing with the remains of the dead, even dinosaurs and animals, and, and showing some kind of respect to that. Uh, and so that's something that I appreciate. Um, thank you, too, as well, um, Corbina Patah. Uh, controlling anger has everything to do with um, spiritual maturity, where we are in terms of spirit and maturity, and understanding that the reach of our power, the depth of our power, because that anger can be and should be applied to, to some sort of action, some sort of activity. So, so that anger should make you an activist, should make you a participant. You know, in, in the in the struggle, should make you a a, sing, a, a lecturer, or, or, or producer, or or writer, or, or someone who does something with that energy to sort of affect change. In, in, in immature spirituality gets caught up in the emotion of the anger, of the sadness, of the fear, and, and waddles in just the emotion of it. But as you get older, not just chronologically, but spiritually. Uh, that anger becomes something that you do. That anger for me shows up in every time I'm on camera. 
And I do it consciously. Whatever I'm angry about goes with me to set. Goes with me when I'm in front of that camera. I remember what was said. I remember what was done. I remember how you acted. I remember how you treated me. And then I swear to leave a, a documented footprint that not only rebuffs that, but, but sets a standard that's going to outlive me. And, yeah, I'm talking to local New Orleans. I'm talking to people who would otherwise see me as invisible. I carry that to set. One of the, one of the most angriest I would ever have been was after the uh, king of voodoo, uh, uh, Dagbo Honan II, came here to Congo Square. I won't go into great detail, but it was a whole bunch of BS and drama. And so when I got on that plane to go see, um, um, oh, wow, to tell the truth, uh, Anderson and his mama, I was angry. I can't tell you, I was angry. And and while I was on that plane ride, I, I, I recycled that anger emotionally all the way to Los Angeles, Studio City. I thought about it. I meditated on it. I dissected it. I played with it like 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 putty and clay, and then I carried it into that demonstration. And that's why many of you who've seen me on to tell the truth. That's why I said what I said. That's why I stood up the way I did. That's what's behind my energy in that production. There's too many naysayers. There's too many negative. Uh, uh, and, and, and governmental CIA, FBI plants of COINTEL that are deeply embedded in our community. And your only job is to bring destruction. Your only job is to bring confusion. Your only job is to get people to think Orisha and voodoo is witchcraft, to, to, to get people to think that Orisha and voodoo is something to be played and toyed with. Some of y'all agents, and I know it. Some of y'all work for the system, and I know it. And you're only here to bastardize this tradition, tear down this tradition, to present it as fake and falsely as you can and make that popular. And too many of you are buying into it just like you bought into cigarettes, just like you bought into 40-ounce beer. (laughs) Many of you are buying right into it, happily buying right into it. And now with the Internet and its technology, they don't need no trained agents to infiltrate our group. Y'all are doing it. Y'all are doing it on Facebook. Y'all are doing it on Twitter. Y'all are doing it. And I see you. I see you. Now, this brother that's upset at, at me and Michi, he's upset because I obviously said something. I'm not even sure what it was that he didn't like some years ago. You know, but I know who you are. And if I said something, I was authentic in that moment. So we got to be careful about how we show up with authenticity, how we show up about what's real. And just because it's a thousand profiles pushing it on Instagram does not make it real. There's a lot of stuff on TikTok that ain't real. There's a lot of stuff on Facebook that ain't real. And y'all are using apps and filters and and, and Applications that can create and make you do anything, make you look like James Brown, make you look like Janet Jackson, you know, 
And so our idea of what's real is being played with. There's a scripture in that magic book that says, in the last days, uh, the first will be the last, the last will be the first. Fathers will be against their sons. Daughters will be against their mothers. People will accept truth for, for a lie and will accept a lie for a truth. Yeah, we're living in that energy right now. Right now. Uh, uni-universal. Univeral. That's one of my pet peeves. The grossly overweight pastor, the grossly overweight doctor, the grossly overweight nurse that's trying to impress health and wellness for me. Um, it does something to me. I could be shopping and um, I probably shouldn't say this, but I could be shopping in a grocery store and getting ready to grab something off the shelf and somebody 800 pounds comes and reaches for that same thing, I probably won't buy it. And that's a bad thing to say. You know, I admit that, you know, but I probably won't buy it. You know, I, I, I say if it's doing that to you, why would I want that? There, there was an old episode of Good Times um, when they had that tonic in the bottle. And, and James and, and, and Florida answered the door, you know, and, and got the box from the guy and looked at the condition of the guy and asked him, was he taking this, this tonic? He said, oh, yeah, every day. Remember that? When, my, when Michael ended up getting drunk off the tonic and they, and they figured out that it was a high percentage of alcohol, that, that's me. That's me. So, so if I see unhealthy people doing something, partaking in something, chances are I'm not going anywhere near it. Some of you all's podcasts, some of you all follow these very popular profiles. I don't know these people. I ain't never been on a page. But I see you all particularly in Twitter, sharing it, resharing it. You might want to know that I, I go and pull up those profiles and block those people. Never been on their page, never follow them. But you all reshare that nonsense, I block them. And then I put you on monitor. I put you on mute. And then I start watching your demonstration. And I'm not a judgmental person generally by nature. I'm specifically talking about you wannabe witches, you readers, you tarot card readers, you healers, you practitioners, you overnight Arisha goddesses and gods. That's who I'm talking about. That's who I'm talking about. And, and, and it's Arisha every day, and then you throw up some BS, and that's the day that I put you on mute. Go ahead, Neil Fight Bokur. Thank you, Neil Lloyd. Who came across my radar um, that had me in a couple of times. A couple of people actually surprised me too. A couple of uh, younger new new readers uh, even surprised me with this. Uh, apparently, Cardi B decided that she was going to contribute her hand to reading Gerald. Reading Gerald for free and all that stuff. Cardi B. Cardi B. Okay, I, I didn't know that. This new this news to me, this breaking news. Well, um, I investigated it. It's an app. It's an algorithm that's got her voice over her um like it's not even really her speaking, it's a computer with her simulated voice. And it's an algorithm that is using the tarot system to give divination 
Listening to your story, you know what else she invertedly did? Well, she revealed the truth that has been hidden for many years. And so when you see these, particularly these these psychic networks, which is why I don't do the psychic networks anymore. I don't do King. I don't do Live Person. I don't do Psychic World. I don't do none of those sites anymore. They're overtly racist, overtly oriented towards white people. I even know people of color who have a white or European profile picture on those sites because they understand that it's geared towards white people. And then you see them with 500 ratings in a month, a thousand ratings in six months. You'd literally have to be doing 12, 15 readings a day to gain those kind of using and have been using all along is what uh, Neophyte Bokur just revealed that Cardi B used. It's a it's an algorithm. It's a program that throws up these readings for these people. That throws up and then they regurgitate that back to you. And and you all buy into it. You all like that. And so I pulled out of those sites for that very reason. I had no idea that she she was doing that. Um now that I heard that part, I'm kind of glad that she is doing it. Um, because for those of us who are serious about being readers, um, just pay attention. Just pay attention. <laughs> oh, we got a, oh, wow, we got a few minutes, and then I'm going to go, y'all. I can't unhear that information. I, I, sometimes I wish I could, but um, I'm going to have to
that it is it's taken on. And I like yeah. how you said they lead you down these down these roads. Or you end up in church, or you end up into witchcraft, or you end up into paganism, or you end up in your you know, they, they lead you in all, all the directions except back to the truth. And that's why I say COINTEL is involved in spirituality and Orisha as it's showing up right now in social media. Everybody's claiming it. Everybody wants to be it. And why Orisha, which is specific to the Yoruba? What about the Fon, the Akan, the Airway, the Igbo, the Hausa? Why y'all don't exploit those systems? Because you're not willing to do no work. You're not willing to study that. You're not willing to learn that. It's not as easy to get to as, as a great deal of the Orisha nonsense that keeps getting repeated online. And so y'all not run into that. You know, how come you all aren't invoking uh, uh, Celtic gods and Nordic gods, you know, and, and, and Chinese gods and, and, and Indian Hindu gods? Why, why, why isn't that being invoked seriously? I see every now and then a Kali here or there, whether it's on a sister's page or a brother's page, but I never see any of the system attached to it. I never see any of the knowledge attached to just that being an imagery. I appreciate you, Arisha. Arisha's one of my initiates. She's one of my strongest initiates right now. She's studying stuff I ain't even taught her yet. That's how serious she is about this tradition. She's reading books that I ain't even asked her to read yet. That's how serious she is about this tradition. So when she says if people only knew how much work it takes for divination, she'd be in serious because she read, she's studying that right now. It's like, it's like reading Greek if you don't know what you're doing. It's like trying to learn chemistry if you don't know what you're doing and you don't have some guidance, even if you got the book. Even if you buy the book. Those books be in another language. Even if it's English, it's written in another language. And so you are forced to pass through the eye of the needle of, of mentorship, of eldership, of initiation to gain access to these, to these mysteries, much like the Shriners and the Masons and the fraternities and the sororities. Y'all don't leak y'all secrets. Oh, it's been de- depicted in movies. You know, school days. It's depicted in movies. But y'all don't share y'all's secrets. Y'all don't share y'all's truth. I've never seen anybody, a, 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 a soror, you know, or a guy in a fraternity posting explicit details about that process. Never. I've been online since 2005. Never have I seen it. There are Masonic books out there that attempt to walk you through the process. A lot of Masonic books on the market that attempt to tell you from A to Z what the process is like. But it's not authentic to the process. And particularly if they are active members or have ever been authentically involved in these traditions, they're not putting that in books. But somehow we think everything that's online about Orisha and voodoo is, is true, and you need to do that. I need to try that. Yeah, we, we okay. It's a, it's a great deal of people in the similar age range in the group. I, I like that. So we got younger folk in the group. We got people older than me in the group. My mom is 78 years old. 
But then I also have a lot of my own peers in the group, and, and I appreciate that. Um, I'm not familiar with D. Lawrence. I'm willing to look it up after I get off the air, but, but I'm not familiar. I've never even seen that or heard that name before, D. Lawrence. Yeah, I don't know who that is. And I do have a meeting, so I'm going to have to go out soon. Uh, Chris Burns started out pagan. The written knowledge is pretty sparse at best. Okay, now you you just answered the question that I often ask. Why, why aren't people going for the Celtic, the Nordic, you know, the more indigenous European and Euro-Asian traditions? And that's right. It's, it's not a lot of information out there. Just like it's not a lot of information out there about the Edwe or the Ifu or the Fon, you know, in terms of their practice. So we all kind of ride Yoruba. And, and I'm sure the Yoruba people are exhausted with us bastardizing their tradition, bastardizing their language, bastardizing the process by which it takes to uh, have access to Orisha. The Goddess Initiative is trying to figure out how everybody is a high priestess. Everybody is crowned Oshun. She says, I like Oshun too, but I am Omo Oya and proud, but Yan's son isn't popular. Uh, absolutely. Um, none of these Orisha are, are popular. Um, and again, you know, they going on, I feel, and what it looks like. Oshun looks like honey and gold and sweetness and sexuality, and she looks like. People, they don't understand she's the most problematic Orisha to work with. She's the most difficult Orisha to get a response from. She usually takes longest than any other Orisha to respond to any request, and particularly in a live ceremony. When someone is possessed, she'll often keep her back to the whole crowd all night, maybe to the very last hour. Will she then speak? Will she then respond? You get a much better response from Urzu Lee Frida. I know, but y'all don't want to learn Haitian Creole <laughs> and, and, and figure out that system. So we they ride what's readily available in in the books. And, and, and what they can Google and, and, and being online. I wish my keyboard was high. I'd give you all some T.S. Some TS Madison right now. That... Okay. That... <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all keyboard queens and Google and Bing queens, you know, ain't never been in a real ceremony and can't produce a picture of them practicing in a real ceremony, of them being involved with other legitimate practitioners in these systems. I can. I'm talking smack, but I can. Got video of, of Oba sitting in my house. Got video of me in, in ceremony with um, Honan II. Y'all can say that, but, but y'all Oshun and Oya and Shango and oh my goodness. It, it's just too much. It's just too much. Um, and, and I've said it before, I'd rather expend my energy with those who are serious about these traditions. And, and I do. I, I really only address them when the questions are asked. <laughs> I'm going to be going, y'all, because I do have a meeting, so I've got to get myself together. Kwabena uh, Pata. Of course, they would demonize our religions as evil. They know full well what's the ancestors in the Orisha, the Abbasan, 
what the voodoo can do. Yes, and it goes right back to slavery. It goes right back to the Haitian Revolution. The Haitian Revolution set off a spiritual psychic bomb in the world, which put supremacists, white supremacists, and racists on high alert that we've got to destroy these people's beliefs and spirit realm in order to control them. And it continues until today. And so the new way of doing that is not necessarily to demonize it and make it evil. It's to overpopularize it to the point that everybody can do it. Everybody come in all over the world and, and, and ride Yoruba tradition. And most of y'all are not Yoruba. Most of y'all have no bloodline connection to the Yoruba. Most of you have no lineage connection to the Yoruba, which only comes by way of initiation. None of you have sat in a room with the Araba. I have. I've sat in a room with the Araba Ella Baboon. I've been participating in ceremonies with the Araba Ella Baboon from, from uh, uh, Osogbo, Nigeria. I've sat with the Oba, Obatala from Ile Ife, the sacred city of Orisha, Ile Ife. And I'm not trying to ride Oshun the way y'all be trying to ride Oshun. I'm not trying to, because I know how disrespectful it is. Just wearing your lakeys out like that on Instagram is a, is a height of disrespect. And then it's all down in your bosom. It's, it's a height of disrespect. It, it, you might as well take your lakeys and, and wipe your ass with them. That's how disrespectful it is. And now men are doing it. You know, got their shirt off, got their workout on. And then they got a braided rope of Orisha on their neck that they have no real connection to. And I say, I'm going to ask a very universal question. Where are your fruits? Where's the fruit? Where's the manifestation of your belief? Where's the demonstration of your belief? I demonstrate it prayerfully every day, prayerfully every day. And every time I have an opportunity to get in front of a camera, absolutely. And I favor black projects, black-led production companies, but I also favor documentaries. I'm grateful to PBS. I'm grateful to Nat Geo, National Geographic. I'm grateful to the Travel Channel for wanting to present truth about these traditions. Me and Dr. Zorka will be friends forever. Monster on PBS for going into the truth about zombies and, and what that is and what that's about. You all take Skeleton Key for reality. You all take Serpent in the Rainbow for reality. Soul City, y- y- that's not reality. There's what's called creative allowance, creative allowance when you're making something, painting something, sculpting something. Because the idea is you can't sculpt it exactly to, to the reality. I don't care how good a painter you are. It might look spot on, but it, it's not the reality of the person, the figure, you know, the, the item that you're demonstrating in your art. Authors take creative allowance, even if it's journalism. And the journalist's job is to sort of keep their ideas, their own beliefs about the topic, out of the equation. But that's very hard to do. 
your personality is still going to show up in your in your document, in in your video, you know, because you're human. And so we we take fiction for reality, we take popularity for authenticity, and and none of that is correct. And I ask, where are the fruits? Where are the results? Show me your power. You got to demonstrate it for me. I'm not going to take your word for it. I just can't. And, and I can listen to your words. We, we know certain words you use when you authentically initiate it. There's a certain way of speaking when you authentically involve in these practices. There's a whole great deal more Yoruba and, and Fon and Ewe and, and Haitian Creole and Louisiana Creole that's coming out of your mouth when you are operating in these traditions authentically. Be a beginner. Be a sojourner. Seek truth, but don't buy into the perpetration of authenticity. I am unapologetically authentic in, in my demonstration, unapologetically. You all confuse popularity with authenticity, just like you did in the church. You fake witches can kick rocks, doorstops, and rabbit holes. I'm not impressed, nor do I care. You want entertainment, not knowledge. You want magic, not, not real power. We are not boring. This show ain't boring because we're not the entertainment channel. We're not the Cartoon Network. This ain't Will Smith and, and Living Single. That's not what this is. Friends, that's not what this is. There's plenty of other channels that provide that entertainment. Go there. Be there. Plenty of clowns on too many other networks. Plenty of clowns on too many other profiles pretending to be projecting bastardizing, appropriating our tradition. And it's not my job to wake you up. It's not my job to wake you up. It's not my job to, hey, that ain't right. Hey, it's not my job. Any more than it would be if I stopped you on the street and said, you know, it's not my job. Once upon a time, we lived in a society where you would hear your neighbor, you would hear the elder. You would respect good advice. We don't necessarily live in that in that day anymore. And I don't go out of my way to feed my pearls to swine. I don't go out of my way to feed my pearls to swine. And there's too many swine that are interested in these topics, that are interested in these podcasts, that are interested in these type of shows. I appreciate you as a fan. Those haters drive your numbers up because those haters go watch every episode, every show, every video, every comment. They're looking for a clap back. They're looking for a way in. They're looking for a way to speak negatively. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, for my fans. But I love my supporters. I love my godchildren. I love my initiates. I love my clients, and I, and I give anything for them anything for them to ensure that this lives beyond me and that this shows up in, in their children and their grandchildren and in the, in the peer group. Because in this Western culture, we, we neglect the peer group. It, it ain't just, it takes a village to raise a child. It ain't just the parents that's raising the child. 
It's all those kids that you expose your children to. It's all those kids that your child goes to school with and develops relationship and friendship with that influence your child. It's those bullies and those aggressive personalities that be around your children and children that affect what comes out. And I can't tell you how many times a week I hear, I don't know where they got that from. They didn't get it from me. I don't know why they're doing that. I didn't teach them that. But it's in our genes, it's in the bloodline, and it's in that community. You all want spells, temporary spells. You don't want experience. You don't want real power. Some of you all would be real spooked if a gen stood before you. Would be real spooked if an angel tapped you on your shoulder and looked you in your face. Many of y'all would be real spooked. You don't want real, authentic practice. You seek entertainment, and I'm not here to entertain. I'm not here to entertain you. But I'm grateful that you find me entertaining enough to spend two hours with me, two hours and 16 minutes with me. I'm grateful if you click like, if you share. Even if you're a hater and you want to complain, go ahead and complain and just make sure you share the post and click that like button and, and hit that subscribe. I also want to invite you all to follow me on Blog Talk Radio. If you're not getting the StreamYard alerts, if you're not getting the YouTube alerts, the backup is blogtalkradio.com. B-L-O-G. It's in the chat. I'll pop it in there again. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince. I'm grateful for you. I'm appreciative of you. I'm humbled in the presence of your gods and your ancestors. I'm humbled and honored to be in the presence of those powers that that stand with you and stand behind you and hold you up. And I look forward to sharing with you in this space again. Prayerfully tomorrow at high noon, U.S. Central Standard Time. And remember at 11 a.m., between 11 and noon, we be playing videos here that are, that are educational, that are edifying, that really demonstrate what's true and what's real about this tradition. So in plain English, if it don't look like what's going on and, and what I show you on these videos, it, it ain't real. It ain't real. Stand up and be unapologetically authentic today, with or without CoverGirl, uh, what is it, CoverGirl 420, with or without makeup, with or without hair, stand up and be truly authentic to your walk, unapologetically. All is truly and indeed a blessing. Until next time, Asheo, Ashe. I'm going to end with uh, Congo Square. Congo Square is both edifying. Congo Square. But it's also a little bit of entertainment. The Omus Indians. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us. Centuries before our arrival a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The almost Indians prepared this place for us.
centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de gras cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world harrowed by the beat, be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums, heart beat, heart beat, heart be at this place, at this place, be heart beat, beat, we beating place in new world space, beating being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace, our dance is the God walk, our music the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together. Circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, 
connected together and singing, ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be banza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy. Must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out of us. But no matter... No matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day, a feel, a feel without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember. To beat, to be, beat, Congo Square, be, Congo Square, beat, be, beat, be.
remember. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.